1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 1 to 36, I believe. Yep. And they brought in the ark of God and set it inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord and distributed to all Israel, both men and women, to each a loaf of bread, a portion of meat and a cake of raisins. And he appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord to invoke, to thank and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Asaph was the chief and second to him was Zechariah, Jael, Sheminer something, um, Je- <laughs> should have pre-read, sorry, uh, Jehiel, Mattathiah, Eliab, Beniah, Obededom, and Jael, who were to play harps and lyres. Asaph was to sound the cymbals, and Beniah and Jehaziel, the priests, were to blow trumpets regularly before the Ark of the Covenant of God. Then on that day, David first appointed that thanksgiving be sung to the Lord by Asaph and his brothers. O give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statue, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When you were few in number, of little account, and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, Touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvellous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Say also, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather and deliver us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. Thanks, Dan. Let's, uh, and good job on those names, they're brutal. Uh, let's, uh, let's pray and let's ask God for his help as we look at this part of his word together. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and for the way that it points us to Jesus and reveals you. We ask that you would work through it in our hearts this morning. Give us understanding, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to uh, just imagine for a moment uh, that we're having a church meeting. I know, I know, it's not the most exciting of things, but bear with me for a second because this is an important imaginary church meeting. We are talking about whether or not to hire a new minister, another full-time worker. But this person's role is going to be a little unusual. The proposal is that we hire a full-time minister for Thanksgiving. For 40 hours a week, They are going to give thanks to God and lead us in thanking and praising God. They are going to be a full-time thanker. What would your reaction be to this proposal? Maybe, why are we paying someone to give thanks to God? God knows that we're thankful. Maybe, why does it matter? Why would we hire someone to do that when we could hire someone to tell people about Jesus or train people or care for people or literally anything else? Why giving thanks? I've got to be honest, that might be my reaction in that meeting too. But I think that's why we all need to take another look here at this part of 1 Chronicles. I think we need to to take another look and rethink how important giving thanks to God actually is. We need to recalibrate our priorities. Over this term, we are growing in prayer together as a church family. We've seen our prayer. It is simply talking to our loving Heavenly Father. It is faith out loud, our belief in God and our trust in him as our loving Heavenly Father put into action and given words. And over the last couple of weeks, we've seen that one of the tools that we can use to remind us about all the ways that we can come and talk to God is the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S. It's not meant to be a straitjacket for our prayers, but a helpful reminder of all we can and should talk to God about. Last week, we've seen that prayer can and should include adoration, praising God in worship and love for who he is. We've seen it can and should include confessing our sins to God, honestly and freely and confidently because of his great mercy to us in Jesus. And this week, we'll see that giving thanks to the Lord is actually an important and vital part of our prayer lives. Something that can turn every moment of joy and pleasure in our lives into a moment of thankful and joyful communion with our generous heavenly dad. That's what we'll see from this passage in 1 Chronicles. That we can and should join all creation in giving thanks to God for all he's done as our saviour and creator. And while I'm not really suggesting that we hire a minister for thanksgiving, we'll see that it might not be as silly an idea as we first thought. So let's get into it. First thing that we see is that we should give thanks to the Lord. It's important. The books of Chronicles are basically a post-mortem. When they're written, God's people, they've been exiled out of the land under God's judgment. And because they failed to obey God, he allowed them to be conquered by Babylon and carried off in exile. Eventually, they were allowed to go back to the land and rebuild Jerusalem and the temple, but things were never quite the same. And so the writer is looking back on Israel's history to do a post-mortem to explain what happened. 
It wasn't that God is unfaithful to his promise. He rightly judged Israel for their sin. But now they're back in the land, the writer is also calling God's people to do things differently this time around. To seek God instead of turning their backs on him. To worship rightly, to obey God's commands. And so when we come to 1 Chronicles 16, he's doing two things. He's reminding Israel about their history, about God's faithfulness to David and David's response in thanksgiving and praise. But he's also calling God's people to respond in the same way. To seek the Lord, to call on him, to praise him and thank him for his faithfulness. Here, David, he's finally brought the Ark of the Covenant, which is that great symbol of God's presence with his people, to Jerusalem. After a false start and a serious workplace health and safety incident due to failure to obey God's commands, David has brought the Ark uh, Ark into Jerusalem in a great procession of celebration and thanksgiving and praise. He places the ark into the tent that he's prepared for it. He makes the offerings to God and then he makes some interesting appointments to make sure that the praise doesn't stop. Look at in verse 4. Then he appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord to invoke, to thank and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. David gives these guys the full-time job of invoking thanking and praising the Lord. It is their job to worship God full time, to lead Israel in worshipping God. And this would have been something that was costly. Israel contributed to the care and the upkeep of the Levites. Someone else is working to feed and provide for these guys so they can spend their time praising and thanking God and leading Israel in praise and thanks. And that's not all. Right at the end of this chapter, past where we finished our reading, David keeps on giving people jobs. He appoints Asaph, his brothers, and 70 others to minister before the ark. And then back in Gibeon, where the tabernacle is, David appoints even more people, including, verse 41, more thankers. Verse 41, with them were Heman and Jeduthun and the rest of those chosen and expressly named to give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Giving thanks to the Lord is obviously important enough that it's worth the time and the resources of appointing people to give thanks and lead God's people in thanks. It's the right response to all that God has done for us. Giving thanks to God is important. And not giving thanks is actually sin. That's what Paul says when he describes the horrible downward spiral of sin in Romans 1. Note what is the beginning and the root of it. Although God has revealed himself through what he's made, people suppress the truth. Romans 1.21 For although they knew God, they did not honour him as God or give thanks to him but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. The root of sin is a failure to acknowledge God, honour him and give thanks to him. This isn't because God is particularly fussy about manners. It's because giving thanks to God is recognising that he is creator, we are creature and everything we have comes from him. 
It's an expression of our dependence on God, recognising that we need God. Refusing to honour him or give thanks to him is to refuse to acknowledge him as God. It's, it's seeking to live as if we are God, as if we are independent rather than dependent. It's rejecting his rule as God and creator. Thanklessness is actually sin. And that explains why we struggle at times to give thanks to God. Why we don't see the point. Why sometimes it's hard to think of God's things to thank God for. Our own sinful flesh still inclines away from God and away from giving thanks to him. But when we give thanks to God, when we praise him for who he is, we are recognising our right place before him. We are recognising that everything we have comes from him and we are responding to him rightly. See, we need him to work in our hearts to give us this kind of thankfulness. And we need to hear the encouragement of the writer of Chronicles to give thanks to God and worship him because it's important. But the writer of Chronicles, he's doing more than just telling us what happened. He's encouraging us to join in the same thanks that they were giving to God too. And so he doesn't just tell us that they thanked God. He includes their great song of thanksgiving. And it starts with giving thanks to the Lord, our Saviour. This song, it talks about seeking God, making him known, singing his praises, remembering what he's done, declaring his glory. But deep down, this is a song that is all about giving thanks to God. We know that because it starts and it ends with thanks. Here's a little tip to put into your Bible reading toolkit. When you see something at the start and at the end of a passage, it's important. It's a clue to what the whole passage is about. Look at the beginning of verse 8. I'll give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. And then at the end of the song, in verse 34, I'll give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. This song begins and ends with thanking the Lord. It ends with thanking him for his goodness and his steadfast love. But it begins with thanking him and making known his deeds among all the peoples of the earth. His wondrous works and mighty deeds are worthy of our praise and thanks. Verse 9, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. See, we can and we should thank God and praise him for the mighty and wonderful things that he has done. Now, just a little aside, when we talk about the ACTS acronym, we talk about adoring God or praising him for who he is and thanking him for what he's done as kind of two separate things on our list. But we should be careful here because this song reminds us we can't draw too fine a line between those two things. Thanking God includes praising him for his wondrous works and rejoicing in who he is. We have both of them separate in our little acronym to remind us to do both, but in reality they're entwined and mixed together. But what exactly are the wondrous words, this works, this got this <laughs> what exactly are the wondrous works this song is thanking God for? It's his rescue of his people and his faithfulness to his promises. Verse 15. Remember his covenant forever, 
the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When you are few in number, of little account and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, Touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. God's been faithful to his promises. He made great promises to Abraham to give him the land of Israel, to bless him, to make him a great nation so that all the people of the earth could be blessed through him. He confirmed these promises to Isaac and to Jacob and he kept those promises when he rescued Israel out of Egypt with mighty and powerful plagues. When he protected them, when they wandered through the wilderness, he established them in the land. By the time the Chronicles is being written, God even preserved his people as he judged them, sending them away in exile, but ensuring they survived and continued and were able to come back to the land. The people are to give thanks to the Lord for how he has rescued them and how he has kept his promises. This is the right response to salvation. We see that in verses 35 and 36 near the end. It's not really clear whether this is another song or the end of the first song, but it's clearly a song that the exiles can sing too. A call for God to save again, verse 35. Say also, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather us and deliver us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. Thanks is not just something to be given when everything is peachy and right. See, this song says they can give thanks to God and they can cry out for God to save them at the same time. We don't have to be, wait for everything to be great and fo- to find things to thank God for. Even in the midst of suffering and trouble, we can thank him. Whether it's for his faithfulness in the past, his presence in the present, or the sure knowledge of his promises for the future. We can give thanks even as we cry out to God for his help. But notice the result of this rescue. They ask God to save them so that they may give thanks to his holy name and glory in his praise. The right response for God's rescue is the joyful thanks and praise of God's people. If this is true for God's people restored from exile, it's even more true for us. God has acted mightily to save us. He loved us and sent his own son, even when we were his enemies, to suffer and die for our sins and reconcile us to relationship with him. He's rescued us. He's made us great promises. We've seen that this morning in baptism. Through faith in Jesus, we are washed clean, adopted as God's sons and daughters, given the great gift of the Holy Spirit, joined together with God's people, the church, given hope and an eternal future with him in the new heavens and the new earth, with no more suffering or sorrow or pain. He has rescued us and given us everything. We've got every reason to give thanks to the Lord, our Saviour. You'll find this throughout the New Testament too. 
In nearly every one of his letters, including the ones to some really messed up churches that Paul's pretty cranky with, Paul gives thanks for God's work in their lives. He gives thanks and praises God for what he's done for us in Jesus, what he's doing for us through his spirit. If we trust in Jesus, we have every reason to give thanks to God for what he's done for us. So when was the last time you thanked God for his promises, for his rescue of you for Jesus, through Jesus, for forgiveness, for eternal life, for making you a part of his people? Today is a great day to start. Maybe sit down later with Ephesians 1 and just give thanks to God for every spiritual blessing that he's given you in Jesus. We can give thanks to the Lord our Saviour. But this song of praise doesn't end there. We can also give thanks to the Lord our Creator. It's not just that Israel should thank God for his rescue of them. God's people are to declare his glory among the nations. And all the peoples of the earth should come and praise God and give thanks to him. Verse 23. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvellous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Our God is to be feared and praised above all gods. This is something countercultural in the time that was written. In the ancient world, the way that they thought about it, each nation or patch had their own God. And when they went to war, the stronger God would win. The fact that Israel had been defeated and carted off in exile would have been thought of as proof that Israel's God was weaker than the gods of Babylon. But this song says something different. The Lord, that's Yahweh, God's covenant name as a promise-keeping, people-rescuing, enemy-defeating God of Israel, he is to be feared above all gods. They are all worthless idols, but Yahweh is the one who made the heavens. He's not just a parochial God for some patch. He is the God of all creation. And so all the peoples of the earth should come and praise him. Verse 27, splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, bring an offering and come before him. See, it's right for all people to come and give thanks to God and praise him. As creator and ruler of all the earth, the Lord has shown his grace and kindness to all peoples. So it's right that all peoples should come and praise him and thank him. That makes sense of what we read earlier in Romans 1. As we think about growing in prayer and giving thanks to God together as a church, I want to say this leads us to two things. First, are you someone who has trusted in Jesus and through Jesus honoured and thanked the Lord? If you're alive, you're alive because he created all things. We've all sinned against God. We've all been thankless. We've all lived our own way. But through Jesus, he offers you full and free forgiveness, reconciliation with him, adoption as his son or daughter, and to change your heart so that you will have a heart of thankfulness and praise. And all this he offers as a free gift through Jesus. Have you received that gift? 
Have you responded with thanks and praise? If not, if you're still umming and ahhing, today is the day. Trust in Jesus. Come chat to me afterwards. I would love to talk to you more about it. But I want to say this idea that we thank the Lord as creator of all things also leads us to a second application as we grow in prayer. If the Lord made the heavens and the earth, if he's the creator and ruler of all, then everything good that we have comes from him. James 1.17 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Everything good and perfect and wonderful is a good gift from our God, our loving Heavenly Father. The beauty of a flower, the smell of perfume, laughing so hard you cry, getting a hug, enjoying a beautiful painting, the smell of rain, time with loved ones, the taste of good food, ice cream, sex in marriage, reading a good story, enjoying a sunset, the beach, the hum of a well-tuned engine, the wind, of a, the wind in your hair on a fast drive, all of it are good gifts from our loving God. He didn't have to make flowers a million different colours, but he did for us to enjoy and to show his creativity. He could have just made food like a tasteless paste that you swallow that gives you all your nutritional needs. Maybe if an accountant created the world, that'd be the result. But he didn't. He gave us tongues to taste with and a million flavours to try and to mix and enjoy. Every good thing you enjoy and every good gift is from our God, the Creator. And that means we can receive it and enjoy it with thanksgiving. Which brings us to our prayer tip for the week, an idea to grow in thanksgiving. Here it is. Whenever you enjoy something, use it as an opportunity to talk to and thank your loving Heavenly Father. I love to run along next to the beach on the footpath, watching and listening to the waves, enjoying the sun and the wind, and then going for a swim afterwards in the ocean. It's one of my favourite things in the world. Recently, I was thanking God for this while I was doing it. Thank you, Father, you made something as beautiful as the beach, as powerful as the ocean, as warm as the sun. Thank you that I can enjoy all these things as a gift from you. And now I realise even my body is a gift from God. Thank you, Father, for legs that can run, lungs that can breathe, eyes that can see what you've made, skin that can feel the warmth of the sun, ears that can hear the waves. All of these things are gifts from my loving Heavenly Dad. So I can talk to him and thank him. Next time you enjoy something, simply use it as an opportunity to thank God. It doesn't have to be long and complicated. Just enjoy it and thank him. Give thanks to the Lord, our creator. But the song doesn't end there. There's one last really quick thing. We give thanks to the Lord with all creation. See, this song doesn't only end with all the peoples of the earth giving thanks and praise to God. Creation itself will join in thanking and praising him. See the last part of verse 29. Worship the Lord in the splendour of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad. 
and let the earth rejoice. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, because he comes to judge the earth. All creation, it shows God's glory now. But this song is looking forward to something more. To the day when the world will be established, never to be moved again. The day when the Lord will come to judge the earth. All creation is looking forward to that day when God returns to set all things right. When everything sad and bad will come untrue. When there will be no more sickness or suffering or sorrow or pain. When creation will be redeemed and made new and God will judge the living and the dead. On that day, all of creation will join into a great choir, a symphony of praise and thanks to the Lord. On that day, the heavens and the sea and the field and the trees will all sing for joy and praise him. And the God's reign will be established in full forever. See, our thanks now looks forward to the day when, as God's people in Jesus, we will join with all creation in a song of praise and thanks to the Lord. When all his promises are fulfilled, when all is set right and when we are with him forever. That's the day of thanks that we look forward to. And a day that we can prepare for by giving thanks now. Now after all that, I still don't think we need to employ a full-time thanker for our church. But I think we could all, me included, grow in our thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to him as our saviour who has saved us in Jesus, forgiven us and adopted us as his children. Give thanks to him as creator from whom we enjoy everything that is good and give thanks to him one day with all creation because our God reigns. I'll give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for everything good that you've provided us. Thank you for Jesus, in whom we have forgiveness of sins, in whom we are adopted as your children, and we have a perfect hope for the future with you forever. Thank you for all you give us as our creator. Lord, everything good we have and enjoy comes from you. Thank you. Forgive us for our thanklessness, Lord. And work in our hearts by your spirit that we might be thankful people who respond to all you give us with praise and thanks. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.